Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Welcome back to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. I'm Jacob Perry. I'm joined by Brandon Hassler and Paxton Gray. In this week's episode, we have AJ Wilcox. How are you, man? I'm doing great, thanks. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're going to start with some current events. Uh, Brandon has one specifically that he wants to talk about. This is probably going to spark some interesting discussions, uh, specifically about some that we've had in the past. So if you've been a long-time listener, this will uh, sound familiar. Take it away, Brandon. So you're talking about the uh, Gary Vaynerchuk I'm talking article? About the, yeah. <laughs> I got another quick one before the one we briefly, barely, not really discussed before the show. PewDiePie. I know AJ knows of PewDiePie. Jacob, yeah. I just taught yeah, him who PewDiePie he's the, was. He's, he's the most subscribed <laughs> YouTube. Can you tell channel. us the sound that he makes with his name? PewDiePie. <clears throat> oh, you forgot Jacob. <laughs> oh. oh, I know who PewDiePie is. Okay, good. So three out of the four here. Wait, what's the name again? PewDiePie. P E W D I. No, 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 no. It's, it's PewDiePie. No, it's pronounced <laughs> PewDiePie. No, it's, it's PewDiePie. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he is deleting his channel tomorrow at 10 a.m. because he made a video about a week ago saying that, well, he has a lot of beef along with many other creators on YouTube because YouTube's been having some problems. Uh, maybe you'd know it because you mentioned, AJ, you actively or regularly use YouTube. A lot of people hate the trending tab because it's become like the paid promotions tab. Uh, it's like movie trailers, NBA clips. Uh, late night with whoever, yeah. and then you have the occasional viral cat video. So it's like a lot of just like crap or obviously paid for but not labeled paid for content. And so they're saying like just call it the paid promo tab. Don't call it trending because this is not what most YouTubers are coming here to watch. And then that and a lot of people have noticed their subscriber count has taken huge hits. Like people are just randomly being unsubscribed from – um, people that they follow. And it's not just PewDiePie. There's like, a, I mean, many, many other creators have noticed that. So wait, these creators are like, wait a second. My subscriber number is going down. <laughs> this must be a conspiracy. No, it's that subscriber or the YouTube creators, they themselves are subscribed to other channels and then popped in to notice that they their subscriptions have disappeared. When a lot of them have had fans reach out, it's like, hey, I'm glad I followed you on Twitter because I never got notified and then they later find out oh wow apparently i'm unsubscribed so there's a lot of theories about why it's going on youtube denies that there's any glitches or that there's been no algorithm updates do you think it's legitimate that he's going to be turning his channel off yeah he's like so, been he's made it very clear you say 10 o'clock that's mountain time now 10 o'clock mountain time tomorrow he said tomorrow he tweeted today because he hit 50 million today okay uh, so when you say tomorrow you're talking december 9th sorry yes so friday you are all listening to this on Monday. This past Friday, PewDiePie allegedly... Not everyone listens to it on Monday. <laughs> Last week, PewDiePie allegedly deleted <laughs> his YouTube account. December 9th, 2016. So what's, what is he... PewDiePie. Is he just trying to stick it to YouTube or yeah, is he just sick he claimed, of it or what? There's a number of reasons. But anyway, the reason I bring it up on this show is I think personally, I'm not sure if this is his intention. Obviously, he's not saying it is. He has mentioned that he'll probably start another YouTube channel. I mean, the guy has already made more money than right. he needs. He doesn't need it anymore. Um, so I don't think there's a huge concern. And I know that whatever he's he has, I mean, I'm looking at Fortune Magazine, Variety, like every single major publication has written five plus articles on this whole, on all this drama that he's created. So he's made himself relevant again, even though he's already been the number one most subscribed channel. And I think the first day he launches his new channel, he's going to have 10 plus million people, which is plenty of subscribers to make a lot of money off of. And I also think that, I mean, he's a gamer. If you don't know, that's kind of how he started was, you know, the whole recording you game, recording gameplay with your weird commentary. Why, why would he start a new channel? Cause I think 
he's grown, he's older now, and I think he wants to do new things. And this is kind of an easy way to kill two birds with one stone. No, to because stick it to YouTube. No, 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 no. Well, what do you mean stick it to YouTube? How is sticking it to YouTube? Because that's going to hurt. And starting another one. Because oh, yeah, that's going to hurt their revenue. ad revenue because yeah. people are bidding big bucks to make sure they show up on a PewDiePie video. So that account goes away. There's less advertisers spe- specifying okay, these my, type of My point is he's complaining about things YouTube is doing. Deleting your channel and starting a new one does not fix that problem. Sure. He said that, I guess his reason is he's tried working with them. Whatever. I'll, well, I'm they're saying he's a hypocrite. If that's no, the reason. first of all, like, him starting a new channel is Brandon's speculation. It's not something that he he's said. He's mentioned that he'll, like, oh, he said he would. He, he hasn't, like, said what it is or whatnot. Uh, he's like, I'll probably start another channel. YouTube is ripping me off. I'm going to delete my channel. But I'm going to start a new one. <laughs> it's going to be called this. So check it out. <laughs> I'm not sure what point he's trying to make. From a marketer, I'm just like, I love it because this is like the world's yeah. biggest case study that's going to be done that no one would ever do normally. The and world's have a guy, biggest case study. <laughs> the world's biggest marketing case study is about to happen over the next coming weeks. Well, the way he could we really need a lot of quali- qualifiers for that statement, I think. <laughs> Over 50 million Fact, lab rats. Not even a debate. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I think from a marketing perspective, it was a genius move. Because Jacob now knows who PewDiePie is. Do you think YouTube cares? You think YouTube cares? I think so. oh, they, yes. apparently they've reached out. He said that they've reached out to him, and I'm imagine I would imagine they've tried to talk him out of. He can say doing whatever he it. wants. But yeah, it's a lot of creators are complaining. He's actually just deleting his account. I guess. How many? I don't know why. How many views does he have on all his videos? A lot. I bet he gets like 12 million views per video. No, I just looked, and most of them were around four million. No, you're looking at the daily vlog. You're looking at you want his total views like of I want all time. Total of all time, yep. That would be pulling up his about page. Thirteen point eight billion views. Okay, so that's not that impressive. Thirteen point eight billion. Yeah, I mean, think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think, that's not that impressive. Think think about Psy, man. His one video got over two billion views. That's yeah. one video. How many videos does this guy, this chump, have? And think of all the money Pewdiepie. that went behind it, uh-huh. and that was one video. And now no it one was knows just who one. Sai is No anymore. one cares about Sai. I even forgot who it was until he, <laughs> like I forgot about him. Yeah. That's right, exactly. I couldn't remember the name of it. Well, the way he can really stick it to YouTube is taking his channel and starting it on Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> Actually, yeah. anyone who right now has native video, uh, all the native video wars that are happening in paid social right now are just amazing. I bet he could probably like get Facebook to pay him some good money to be on it. Oh, no doubt. That would be interesting. Sprite, yeah, I don't know why Facebook, they have like this opportunity to pull creators over, but they refuse to give any money. Casey Neistat's gone. Now Pootie Pie. Dude, whatever, man. Just talk. This is like the perfect example of biting the hand that feeds you. It's like, why complain about the platform that's made you millions of dollars? I agree. Uh, I don't know that I agree about that. You don't agree what? That, that His reasoning, because of this platform, he's a multimillionaire? I don't agree that they have no reason to complain. Just because they've made money doesn't mean that the platform doesn't suck. He says Do you think YouTube sucks? No, I, well, according, I think if their claims are true, then yes, I think the platform sucks for the creators. So when it says trending, it's, it's, you're saying that it's all paid stuff. Trending used to be a really good place to find new videos. It's either trending because YouTube wants it to be trending um, or it's like this viral crap that has just sucked people in and it's not good content. But it got a lot of clicks, a a bunch of upvotes because some cat fell off a roof and did like nine backflips and landed on a palm tree or something like that. Really, really good channels used to be in the trending tab and and you, you could find new channels that way. Like uh, uh, Vsauce used to be like I think they probably got a lot of new subscribers from being in that in that trending yeah, category. But it, what it sounds like right now is that you guys are are putting your own opinions in here. You're looking at the trending videos and you're saying I don't like these videos, so this sucks. Whereas I'm sure YouTube is trying their best to put videos there that people would actually like, and I imagine that a lot of people probably like those videos. Uh, you're right that it's so, opinion. So, so these publicists, but like, the, the fact like, is, like PewDiePie the... is <laughs> is just <laughs> angry because his videos aren't showing up there. It sounds like a little kid whining about not getting what he wants. No, what's happening is you will see a trailer for Beauty and the Beast that gets uh, five hundred thousand views. Meanwhile, his video is getting twelve million views, and yet 
the Beauty and the Beast trailer, that is trending. Yeah, and for some the, reason, his the, isn't. The difference is it's not about views because he has 50 million subscribers. So people who are already subscribed to him are the ones giving him the views, not the people who are looking for new videos. Yeah, but even if he has a video that goes hot and it, it gets that, if, normal, if, if, more, higher than average views, it doesn't show up there. We don't know what their algorithm is. You're right, but the point and is we don't know what their intent the content is. on there is way more commercial than it used to be. That is not. And I mean, that, that's and that's because there are a lot more businesses who are who are putting their business on YouTube, not because their algorithm has, has changed. Well, I don't think you know that. That's your I, opinion. I, no, you're right, and that, that's what we're talking about here. Is is just because his stuff isn't getting on there doesn't mean that it's crap content. I know, but I don't think that we can sit and judge him just because his opinion is that the platform sucks. That's his right. He can complain if he wants. Yeah, he can. I'm saying that it's ridiculous that someone who's made all of their money off of this one platform is now shutting down their account in protest, even though that is the platform that has made him so successful. Well, if Brandon's correct, he's not shutting it down in protest. He's shutting it down to generate more publicity for himself, which he has successfully done. No, He claims he's doing it for the little guys because it's also hurting the smaller creators. And he, he says, basically, he feels obligated to say something about it. And it's not just him that's complaining. It's a lot of people. And in YouTube's defense, I mean, they have like hundreds of millions of people that go to this website. It's a tough job to figure oh, out yeah. what kind of content are we supposed to be putting in the trending tab. A lot of the complaints come from those early adopters to YouTube because YouTube grew because it was different than what Hollywood is producing. Like this is homegrown quality content for the most part. And then now when I'm logging in and looking at trending, it's James Corden, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Paramount Pictures, which a lot of people would like. And so, yeah, they have that business decision. But at the same time, they know that, crap, we might piss off a lot of people who have invested their lives in YouTube, both from a viewer standpoint as well as a uh, creator standpoint. So he's, I think he's mainly saying there's a glitch. Just own up to it and fix it. But you guys are denying that there's a glitch. When there's clearly evidence from all of these channels um, complaining, okay. I don't know if I agree uh, with. Him we're or spending not, too but... much, we're spending too much time on this. <laughs> um, the other one, yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk. Let's, let's do the other one. Feel free to interrupt too, AJ, at any point. Sure thing. Step all over us. I'll bash you. All. I know AJ's got stuff to say about this. <clears throat> well, well, first of all, the fact that he didn't say anything means that he agrees with me. No, he <laughs> he spoke up, but then I interrupted him. I kept looking at him every time I said something, and he was just nodding and said, like, yeah, Jacob. It's because AJ is a super Preach. nice guy. Preach. <laughs> um, so AJ, I'm sure, has some stuff to say about this. This was an article I came across. A student actually shared it with me just a couple hours before recording here, and I shot it over to you guys to see if this would be something interesting to discuss. But it's on uh, marketingweek.com. The title of the article, it's obviously a catchy headline, Who Hurts Marketing More? Gary Vaynerchuk, or out-of-touch professors? Now, before you go on, I want someone to answer that question. Who would you like to Wait. answer it? No, I, I want to hear someone answer that question without uh, us giving context to the article. I think they both hurt marketing, but if I had to pick who hurts hang on, marketing hang on. Sorry, more, sorry, sorry, sorry. out-of-touch professors. Stop. Did you hear me say stop? <laughs> Hold on like four times. You told me last episode I got to start interrupting yeah, more good job. and not responding to <laughs> That was good, Brandon. By the, way, by the way, before we go on, last week you mentioned that you listened to the previous week's episode and disagreed with something on Instagram. And you oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah, and then I forgot to listen again. Oh, you boy. bastard. Let me okay, make fine. Uh, 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 AJ, have you read this article? I haven't. I have it open did right now. Did you read it? I did read it. Okay. AJ, I don't know why I keep spam- first of all, is AJ your real name or what are your what's your real name? Andrew James are my my first two names, and then in fifth grade I had a I went to a family reunion and one of my uncles called me Andy. And that was it. I changed my name. It was AJ <laughs> from then on out. So <laughs> so can you find Andrew James anywhere online? Andrew James Wilcox, probably. Okay, well it's- anyway, AJ is the only one who hasn't read this article. I want to know what you think. Because I know you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, and I know you have an opinion on college professors. Who hurts marketing more, Gary Vaynerchuk or out-of-touch professors? And you can say neither or both or one or the other. Uh, You you know, I think they both reach pretty small audiences in comparison. I mean, I know Gary V has a giant following, but there's still a lot more marketers out there who don't pay attention to him. And then 
there are so many marketers out there who aren't in school, who didn't come from school, who aren't starting in school. So I, I feel like both of them are are kind of a non-threat, to be honest. Non-threat. So when we say who hurts, you're saying uh, that doesn't make sense. Neither of them. Yeah, I think there are a lot other a lot more things that are hurting marketers than than just those two sources. All right, back to you, Brandon. Go. So Gary's quote: This guy asked a question, basically saying, "My daughter wants to, you know, get into marketing. I'm recording this right now. Speak to her. What's your advice on what she should do?" And it was education related. And his quote was, there is not a school on earth, not a university or college that exists that is even remotely equipped to educate you properly on communications and marketing in the world we live in today. So I think a lot of the no, outrage. No, keep going. Keep reading. <laughs> um, Don't censor Where I this. live off. No, I'm not reading. Read it verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason that a lot of people are um, going back and forth on this, I, I think it's about the wrong. I think they're taking his words and wording it a different way because people are taking it now as, oh, is a marketing, man, I just slurred so many words together. People are thinking as they read this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate my voice. There's, they're, they're looking at this as, is a marketing degree worth it? And we've had that discussion a million times before. And I don't think Gary Vaynerchuk is saying, because usually the people that say, oh, a marketing degree was definitely worth it. They say that. For one of two reasons, in my opinion, in general, one is that they can't separate the college experience, which has a ton of value from the actual marketing lessons and curriculum they learned. Once you actually separate that and compare apples to apples in a professional environment, even in an online environment on your own, there's no doubt that the university level curriculum for digital marketing specifically is super out of date. The other reason is, well, a marketing degree got me my job. Like, that's how I got into this industry. And that is absolutely true in many people's cases. And I don't think Gary Vaynerchuk is saying um, if you, like, don't go to college. or I don't think he's saying, man, my mind is all over the place. If you do go to college, you won't get a job. Yeah, he's not saying, like, here's how to get a job in marketing because even he knows, yes, there's many companies that will hire you simply because you have a marketing degree. What he's saying is that if your daughter is serious about being – a relevant, like expert marketer, what they're teaching in college is not going to help her. I mean, look at YouTube guys. We've all met at 97th floor. Both of you have university degrees. I do not. And I would say that all of us, when we started out, knew very little about marketing in yeah, how'd you our even online get a world. job in this industry. <laughs> I just <laughs> lucked out, I guess. <laughs> but now I, I consider both of you like super smart marketers. And I know for a fact that development had nothing to do with college. It had to do with that professional environment we were in, the collaboration with other humans, like talking it out, your natural curiosity, your willingness to experiment with stuff. And that's what they're not really teaching in um, these university programs. So I think there's a disconnect between what people are reading and then what they're, they're posing it as. I want to hear what AJ has to say. All right, so I got to talk about my own education here. So I went to a, a local university here called Brigham Young University. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed my education. What did you study? I, I studied marketing. Cool. So I, I really enjoyed my education. I've had quite a few people um, try to tell me that, you know, you can do just as well in this industry without a degree. So why in the world would you do it? And, and I agree to an extent. Um, uh, but I, I personally really enjoyed my education. When I got into the business school, I knew I wanted to study marketing. And so I looked at the different tracks. And so to to uh, to specialize in marketing, it was like you take three marketing classes and you are now graduating as a business major with an emphasis in marketing. And I tried to take – and this has been you know eight years ago. Uh, I tried to take a digital marketing class and it ended up getting canceled. The, the whole section got shut down due to lack of interest. And so – I had been doing digital marketing for like the whole last year, like my whole entire senior year as an intern and was really successful, really picked it up and loved it. And I couldn't find that education at school. So, I mean, I obviously got a lot of other things out of my education, uh, you know. Like what? A wife? I, I actually married my high school sweetheart. So no. high school's to thank for that. But, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, things for my prereqs. Uh, I, I enjoyed a lot of things from like a political science class and science classes and you know that kind of thing that I wouldn't have taken. Like if those weren't required, I wouldn't have taken them. Um, but truthfully in my career now, I think I would have been just as far, if not farther, if I would have taken like an information systems type of degree rather than marketing, because marketing is something that you can pick up 
no problem outside as long as you have what about a, a boot, hunger. What about a boot camp? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> Waste <it's>, of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think the boot camp is fantastic because you really can give someone a lot of information in a short period of time to get them up to speed because marketing is hard to learn from the ground up. Well, it's one of the reasons coding boot camps are taking off and there's, a, there's an elitism problem uh, of these people who had their computer science degrees saying that, oh, you're not going to learn everything you need uh, in these coding boot camps. Like you're wasting your money. It's, but it's because, especially in computer science, colleges are teaching you how to get that ultimate director job. Like they're teaching you the kind of that, uh, like here's the pathway to work up the ladder in the corporate world. The boot camps are teaching you like, you want to make an app? We're going to teach you how to make an app in 12 weeks. And you're going to learn everything you need to get stuff off the ground. And so it's kind of a new form of education. And I think that's what the universities just have struggled with. So with Gary Vaynerchuk's words, I agree. There's a lot of things that Gary Vaynerchuk says that I think hurt. I think more so it's the way people interpret what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying. Because there's a lot of hardcore Gary Vaynerchuk people I know that are horrible marketers. But they, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's definitely very much like a motivational speaker. Um, he, he, he's all, he's name the first person that comes to your mind when you say, you know, people who are hardcore Gary Vaynerchuk fans, Jacob Perry. Oh boy. No. First one that came to mind. Um, yeah, the first one that comes to your mind, who's actually a hardcore Gary Vaynerchuk fan, Jacob Perry. I, I think he just does not want to, uh, out them. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. I agree with Gary Vaynerchuk here, but at the same time, I also am not like this, like hardcore Gary Vaynerchuk is doctrine, whatever he says. Did you think it was weird that he went down on one knee when he answered the question? He does that all the time. That was awesome. Yeah. To okay. his credit, though, what, are, what are your thoughts, Jacob? Um, I think he's, he's an extremist. Uh, his popularity is a, it's an acquired taste. That uh, if you're that extreme, you're going to attract people who like that. You know, uh, if you're just run of the mill, uh, middle of the spectrum type of person, you're not going to get that kind of following. And he has that kind of personality, and he he says things that are uh, provocative. And uh, like Brandon says, that I I I honestly think that that's one of the main reasons he has such a huge following. Not because he turns people into better marketers. He just says inspiring things and comes up with fun provocative edgy quotes that mm -hmm. people repeat and this is this is one of those cases he helps us see marketing from a different angle yeah and there's value there uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if mark ritson who wrote this article is in any way connected with gary vaynerchuk because this article basically pits gary vaynerchuk against the entire education marketing system. educational system which they're not even near like the same level in terms of breadth resources and what they have done to build the community at to this point. Um, and genius, honestly, if, if that is the case, genius move. I, I've just been reading, uh, trust me, I'm lying. And so like I read every article with as many hidden motives as I can uh, in mind. I do want to say though, uh, you know, like marketing, like what is marketing? Marketing is product, price, plate, uh, place, and promotion. Uh, really the only thing that I deal with is promotion. The only thing Jacob deals with is promotion. Uh, you deal with price. Both of you, AJ and Brandon, you deal with price and you deal with place and you deal with your product. Uh, but we don't deal with that. And we didn't deal with that. You didn't deal with that back when you started. Um, a college education teaches you the really boring stuff that teaches you how to enter a new market, teaches you about pricing models uh, it teaches you things like statistics that you can use to evaluate things. Gary Vaynerchuk probably doesn't even know any of that stuff himself. I mean, maybe some of that, but he, I don't think he knows statistics uh, enough to analyze heavy data that a marketer at Kellogg's would have to know, for example. Um, so I think there is a lot of information that uh, you're not going to learn just by reading some blogs. Uh, you can, I guess, if you are really that dedicated and willing to sit through a lot of extremely dry material because there's a lot of really dry things in marketing that are rarely talked about here and to be honest digital marketing is a misnomer because it's digital promotion is probably a better uh uh, uh name for what it is we do hmm. i think that's awesome uh is there any last thing on here i want to get to aj and his stuff 
Let's get into it. All right. All right. So the last time AJ came on, uh, it was at the beginning of our second season. It was the fourth episode in our second season. So it was probably around episode 30, which was about almost half uh, as many episodes as we have now. Yep. Uh, We talked about LinkedIn. And I want to make something very clear in this episode. We don't care about LinkedIn. Piece of garbage. (laughs) uh, What we actually want to get from you is your business owner, your startup perspective on how to be successful in digital marketing, uh, starting a new business. So October 2014, you decided to start uh, B2Link, right? Yeah. Uh, what made you decide to make that leap and, and own your own business? Uh, you know, I, I used to kind of cover this up, but I got fired. <laughs> I got laid off from my, my previous job. Um, and, and so I knew I had this skill in a platform that no one else on earth had done anything with. And you know, for two and a half years, I slaved in this platform trying to figure out, like, trying to figure out best bidding strategies and, and you know, what gets highest conversion and what gets the best engagement rates. You know, I tried to find all these things. And you do a, a, a search on Google and, you know, for anyone who's written about this stuff, and no one has. And so I, I was thinking to myself the entire time I was at this previous job going, wow, how in the world, like, how in the world is there not something out there? Maybe that could be me. And then finally, when my ties got cut, I went, okay, I, I get it. Uh, now I'm actually free to go do that and chase it. I'm, I'm not a, a natural entrepreneur. It was very, very scary. So I, let, let's go back to that, uh, I guess, day one, uh, when it is scary and, and fresh off, off your last job. Uh, what is your first step um, in starting this new business in terms of acquiring customers? Uh, well, day one, I went, uh, I woke up super early in the morning and went hiking. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't take vacations, so mm-hmm. that was fun to actually like give myself a real break. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I like it. You know, I don't normally take vacations, but I went hiking. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, every other morning I'm, I'm up like no, going awesome. to work. This yeah. is, I'm up. No one expects me to be anywhere. I'm going to go get lost in the forest. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, when I very first started, um, you know, actually the first place I went was, was Upwork whatever it was, I think it was Odesk before. And I just started searching to see if anyone was out there looking for help with LinkedIn. Cause I, I know promotion takes a lot of time. Uh, you have to build up a name, you have to build up a client base. And so I figure start with the people who are looking for it now. And I actually got, uh, you know, two or three clients off of, you know, just charging 75 bucks an hour or, you know, whatever they were asking <clears throat> just to, to, just to get going. Cool. Interesting. I just searched on Google LinkedIn ad consulting and the first nine organic results are to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, they've rocked it. And then B2 Linked. Woo! Yeah, you're ranking on the first page. There is an ad for jumpfly.com. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I just actually looked at them before the podcast. Oh, is that right? Yeah. For the first time? Yeah, yeah. So who are they? Uh, well, they're an, an agency that I've never heard of helping people with LinkedIn ads. So I assume they're, they're one of those ones who probably has a giant portfolio of AdWords clients, uh, probably pretty big on Facebook. And then they're probably managing three LinkedIn accounts. Well, adding I, LinkedIn in the mix. Yeah. yeah. I just clicked on their ads. So Me too. Here's to you, yeah. JJ. <laughs> they just paid seven bucks for nice. us to talk about them. Uh, the thing I noticed first in their ad was that they made LinkedIn two words. Yes. Weird, right? Idiots. What are you doing? That just screams, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's yeah. exactly right. But they have a page for it. Cool. Can it's I... uh got nothing on it, though. Okay, so after um, Upwork, where did you start? Like, what what was the first, um, I guess, the next channel that you started to to milk to get, get clients? Yeah, you know, I, I started attacking the in-face. So, in-person, face-to-face. Okay. Um, I, I went immediately and just all the people that I knew asked them out to lunch. Just tried to connect with them find out what they were doing. And uh, I'm a huge fan of networking. I'm not the guy that you see at a networking event who's like handing his, his business card out and glad handing everyone, trying to kiss babies. That's not me. I uh, respectfully, uh, I don't, you're not the guy who's like uh, 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 spammy, yes. I would say. However, uh, you are such an awesome people person that uh, like a person meets you. It's funny, when we were talking about inviting you on the show, we were all like, arguing about who knows you better and who should be the one to, because you just have that kind of personality where people just like assume familiarity with you. Uh, so you're not exactly the wallflower at, at, at networking events and things like that. I would imagine. Has he taken you out to lunch Paxton? No. What Let's about make you, this happen. Technically when he was with Domo, I went out with lunch. Yeah. We might've gone with to lunch. I, I want to know who paid after. for it. 
Uh, I believe that one was on Domo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he took me out to lunch on AJ. So oh, there you go. I, I guess it's me. You he win. Should be inviting you win. You win. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, at networking events, uh, when I know people, I'm I'm an extrovert when I know people, and an introvert when I don't. Mm. Um, and I, I go to SLCSEM events. I go to SMX events, and generally, I'll find a, a group of Utah people that I know really well. So those those events are just super fun, and I I meet lots of new people. Um, I just recently, like here in the last year, have started getting invited to conferences all across, like all across the nation, uh, a couple overseas. And when I go to these and I don't have friends who are there, I turn into this giant, well, yeah, I guess giant, I'm pretty big dude, but, but like, like a giant turtle, like I just kind of tuck inside my shell. Uh, I was at an after party at the, um, the AMA Houston event that I got invited to speak at and I got there and was like. Well, I don't really have anyone to talk to. I stood there for about ten minutes eating nachos, and then I just took off back to my hotel room. So, you know yeah. that that is comforting to hear that someone like you thinks those same things. Because I have uh, been to an after party at a conference before. I walked in, walked around the room, and then walked straight out. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And uh, so, is that still your is is that your biggest source of of uh, solid clients? Is face to face interactions? Uh, you know, for the Utah clients, yes, but two thirds of my clientele is actually in San Francisco. So oh. this is funny. I have never concentrated on San Francisco before, um, but that's just kind of where the big advertisers are, the ones who are doing well on LinkedIn, and they tend to gravitate towards a conversation with me. Um, so I started going through, like after I started those face-to-face interviews, got two or three local clients. Um, my next step was to start getting out and forming joint venture partnerships with uh, with channel partners of LinkedIn and um, and other types of people there trying to get on webinars, trying to get on podcasts like this one, you know? Um, so that was the way I went. And I, I can count on, well, I can count on like two hands, the number of, of uh, leads and, and actually deals that I've gotten from like, like two really, really big webinars. So, mm. and those are evergreen too, not webinars, podcasts specifically, but I'm continually getting like, you know, drips of uh, a lead every two or three weeks from a big podcast I did. And it's really cool. Webinars kind of have a shorter life. Hmm. Are 100 percent like is 100 percent of your work LinkedIn? Like, do you do anything else like manage AdWords, Facebook or when they hire you, it's I'm LinkedIn. That's yeah. all I do. Yeah. When they hire me, it's LinkedIn only. That, that's where I can show the most value. Now, I do for the fun of it, manage Facebook ads accounts and Twitter ads accounts and a little bit of AdWords, but that's really just to stay sharp just okay. because like I, I know ad tech is, is transforming so quickly and I have to stay sharp there. And I love social ads like LinkedIn. I, I'm not a fanboy when it comes to, to LinkedIn. I will tell you everything that's wrong with that platform, but that's the only platform that I have more credibility on than anyone else in the world. So that's what my business revolves around. So do, do you do LinkedIn ads for your own company? I, I'm just actually about to start. Yeah, I, I told really? myself I never would. Why? Um, so I feel like that would be really good. I mean, it's B2B. Yep, it's B2B with large deal sizes. Yeah. Um, the issue that I found with LinkedIn advertising and uh, and ad agencies is I just can't get anyone to click. Any any Like, I've represented several agencies before, and I just can't get traffic to them. It's not that if traffic got to the page that they wouldn't convert, they wouldn't fill out the form. I just can't get anyone to want to interface with a new a new agency. Yeah, but have you ever advertised for a LinkedIn ad or agency? We're about to start. And I'm mm. going to see if it works. Cool. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. That's awesome. And are you ever nervous that essentially all of your eggs are oh, in one gosh, yes. like like <laughs> I guess for example with the Microsoft acquisition, were you more excited or less excited when you heard that because that obviously is your bread and butter oh, LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Super mixed feelings on the Microsoft deal. So I'll tell you I've watched what Microsoft has done taking scrapping Ad Center and building Bing ads from the ground up. Uh, and they've basically built it in five years to be feature in feature parity with AdWords, uh, which is incredible because AdWords is by far the most advanced ad platform worldwide, you know. So B- Bing has done some incredible things in creating that ad platform. So I'm absolutely certain that they can take a dinosaur of an, of an ad platform like LinkedIn ads and improve it. So that's what I'm hoping. Like, They'll come in, roll some heads, fix the platform, add the functionality that we've been screaming for for the last eight years. Well, it's been it's been a few months. I mean, what's taking them so long? Uh, I think they're still fighting. Like, well, and the, the acquisition hasn't even gone through yet. They're still fighting regulations of are we allowed to buy them? Their their computers are still updating. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were in the middle of signing an agreement, and then Windows said, oh, we're starting to update. Well, By the way, I should say I'm the Clippy only Windows guy up. here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually, uh, the, the one thing that uh, came into my head with the Microsoft acquisition was, um, what's that plug-in for Gmail? Uh, reportive. Reportive. Yes. Is that? Oh, it, I love reportive. It's still working, but. Yeah, it's still working. Like, uh, is that in Jeopardy? I don't know. So it is still working, but if you click the connect button, like I want to connect with this person. On LinkedIn, you, like uh, the LinkedIn thing that, that pops up. Inside of Gmail. Right, right, yeah, right. If, if you the click, LinkedIn. Yes, uh, on reportive. Yeah. If you click the connect to this person, it'll take you to a, a dead page. So LinkedIn mm. has either taken away API access or somehow blocked them. Well, the links, the the, there's, you can still click a link to their profile. Yes. But yeah, you can't connect with them directly from Gmail. Yeah, which yeah. you used to be able to do. Why right. wouldn't reportive just take that function away if it doesn't work? I don't know. Well, it could be that they foresee it not working and there'd be no point to investing in future updates, maybe? Yeah, maybe. That's too bad. Although there is another one out there that does similar things. But Do you guys use LinkedIn? Podcast. Like, as like, how often are you guys on LinkedIn? Almost I every only day. go on LinkedIn. Yeah, probably almost every day. Because I talk to a surprising amount of younger people who are not on LinkedIn. Oh, I know. And yeah. so does that concern you? Like, where this younger generation is looking at LinkedIn is like, oh, no, that's what my dad uses. Because I was talking to my niece the other day who's trying to get a job. I'm like, do you have a LinkedIn account? She's like, no, what's, I'm not getting a LinkedIn. <laughs> that's so lame. And so then I start wondering. I'm like, I wonder and that's who the why next... she's unemployed. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, I told her that. I'm like, well, that's the reality is like everybody looks at LinkedIn right now. I, the same was for, I was the same in college. Like I, I didn't have a LinkedIn profile in college. And then I had a class where they said, you should create a LinkedIn account, and then I did. I think it's it's an it, age thing. It's not a it's not a gener. I mean, it, it may end up being a generation thing, but right now, I think what it is, it's just it's more like a stage of life thing. Uh, that when you become it, it, when you enter this stage of life, then you get your you know. How old is your niece? Seventeen. Uh, out, yeah. Oh uh, no, she's nineteen. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think it, I think you got to be twenty something in order to appreciate <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah. But well, I even <laughs> talked to. I was just talking to a. I guess he's twenty five. He doesn't have LinkedIn. He doesn't see the point because uh, he just feels that, man, I'm fine. Right, I, I have a job. I'm happy. Why do I need a LinkedIn account? Um, All right, give, you, give me at least ten more examples, and your point will be. And valid. you also have, <laughs> well, you have like Facebook for work, so they're pushing big time to kind of take over the, I guess, Slack and LinkedIn. Is like, that live? Make, Is that live? It's, yeah, you have to. It's live, but I think you have a to request to. Uh, hmm. I've submitted to be approved, but hasn't happened. Is that something you've looked to, AJ? Yeah, yeah. Facebook for work? Yeah. Is that, a, is that a threat or is that an expansion opportunity? Uh, I think it's, well, from a marketing perspective, because I, I'm always caring about about what my clients are doing and what they're looking for. And I'm very often telling my clients, hey, of course, I'm totally happy to help you here, but you have opportunities also on Facebook. So from a consulting perspective, like it's interesting to me. Uh, I do see it as a threat, though. I mean, Facebook has really, really good filters right now for, for B2B stuff. You can target by job title, by industry, by company name, and company size by number of employees. Those are the four most used filters that I use on LinkedIn ads. So it's a really, really exciting set of targeting. But then when you start to actually use it, you go, oh, man, no one put this into their profile, so my audience sizes are teeny. And, and that's a big issue. All Facebook has to do is get that data somehow, like make it attractive enough that people are willing to give them that data and all of a sudden, who in the world is going to go pay $7 for a click when you can get it for a buck fifty on, on Facebook? It's just, it, it's not going to make sense to go to LinkedIn. That makes sense. Do, do you feel like there, to some degree, it's to your advantage that LinkedIn has such a terrible ad platform? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I have so many clients who are perfectly capable human beings of, uh, you know, and marketers. Um, but the reason why they hire us is because they don't want to do it themselves. The platform's so miserable, and we are quite good at at working with the right. platform and being very efficient. I mean, the fact is, though, even if it were easy to use, you would still have a lot of value add there. But it, it there's a possibility that if it's easy enough to use, the user might not realize that you have a lot of value add. Right. You know, like Facebook, on the surface, uh, an average person might think, oh, this is easy. Like, I know how to, I can do this. When in reality... Someone with expertise can get you a lot more bang for your buck. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But the ease of use for the platform might mask the fact that someone with expertise can actually do a much better job here. I agree. Yeah, you know? I would lose all the clients who came to me because they don't want to do it themselves. And I would retain the clients who uh, need the expertise. Right, right. Okay, so 
I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up and I almost forgot, but uh, we had a listener reach out to us on Twitter this past week mm. who suggested some questions that we ask Ooh. our next guest, and I, I, I want to bring that up. So his name is Jason White. He tweeted at Paxton and myself, Jacob. I, Jason is awesome. Yeah, he uh, he excluded Brandon <laughs> from <laughs> this conversation. I uh, first heard, I first met, well, I didn't meet him, but I saw him speak at SMX uh, East in 2002 years ago. And he talked about <laughs> 2000. Remember. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's 16 minus two? Well, <laughs> two I, I don't know if it was two or one year. <laughs> anyway, uh, he talked about how he found out the favorite coffee shop of a reporter that he was trying to get a link from, went to that coffee shop, bought him a coffee or something like that or a tea and uh, got him to write an article about his company. Like that is legit link building. <laughs> like that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, He's a cool guy. Uh, so, Jason, uh, next time you tweet at us, uh, either include Brandon or secretly tell us why you excluded him. Here, here, are, the, here, are, the, here are the questions, AJ. So what Jason wants to know is uh, he wants to know if you have uh, how your browser is set up, if there's any customizations there, uh, whether you have favorites, extensions, what plugins, bookmarks you've got. Uh, in your web browser. Sure. So back when I was in SEO, Firefox was the only way to go because I wanted the SEO book plugins. Uh, but <laughs> since I kind of ab- abandoned SEO as a, as a practice, um, I can really be in anything. So Chrome right now, uh, very, very heavily extensioned up. Um, <laughs> the, the ones that I use the most often um, are like the the whole page screenshot tool. What's what's that one called? I have no idea. I've never Sorry. heard of it. Control. Uh, awesome yeah, screenshot. Control so I use Awesome Screenshot. I use Facebook Pixel Helper. Oops, shouldn't say that one out loud. Um, Wait, why? Uh, just because I'm I don't advertise that I do Facebook ads. Uh. I don't, if you're listening, I do not want to run your Facebook ads. Just saying. Um, <laughs> user Agent Switcher. That one's awesome uh, for reasons I can go into if you'd like. Nope. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Use use proxy servers. Uh, occasionally, yes. But that one's user agent switching. Why? That's like changing the oh, user agent of your browser. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, so I accidentally stepped into something. Why do you use proxy servers? Uh, privacy reasons. Uh, okay. Oh, you're one of those freaks. So it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not a tactic. No, not a tactic. Like, I know people that use proxy servers to upload a bunch of crap on Reddit to get it to go pop, you know, like, so, no, it's just, it's personal stuff. He yep. does all okay. of his marketing and tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, back to your extensions. Yeah, no worries. And, and that's that's pretty much, like, the big ones. I have Boomerang, so I can... Uh, oh, I love Boomerang. So good. Oh, my gosh. Emails. Yep. Um, oh, I use, it to, I use it to get. Wait, what? Streak schedules. Streak. That's what I use. Okay, sorry. That is what I use. So, someone tell me why you schedule emails. No, I don't schedule. Well, you can. First of all, you get more open rates if you send emails out on Tuesday morning. So it's a good idea. If Except you have, if it's Wednesday and I need something. Uh, someone. Yeah, whatever. But if you're just doing, if you're just doing mass outreach or you're trying to just uh, get some stuff going, so that's one reason. Another reason why. It, it, you might not want to respond immediately to something, but you want it off your plate uh, because if you respond re- uh, respond immediately, it people tells get people idea. that you are willing to respond immediately. What I use it for, though, is I schedule emails that come to me saying, come back to me in on this day at this time because then I will handle it then. And that way I get to keep, keep a clean inbox. Yeah, you're you want to hear a life hack with scheduled emails? Yes. Uh, you want to take the, ne- the the next day off work. But you need an excuse. So you schedule an email to go out to your boss around 3.45 a.m. It says, dude, I've been up all morning vomiting. I thought I'd just <laughs> shoot you an email and let you know I don't think I can make it into work today. Okay. Two things wrong with that. One, you're self-employed. <laughs> yeah, you can I'm use saying it. He said a life hack, Life man. hack for anyone yeah, who has a except job. Except for you. And, yeah, except for me. That's yeah. right. And two, never mind. So um, <laughs> another question from Jason. He's the only one that's reached out to us, so I'm just going to go all Bring it on, Jason. Bring him on. Uh, smartest thing you've read in the last week. Oh, man. Oh, you got to put me on the spot. I'm, I'm checking browser history on this one. Okay. Uh, last person you followed on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or anything else that you could remember. <laughs> I'm oh, not but... sure, but I think Jason intended us to like, pick one of these and go with it. But <laughs> I think it's good. Uh, yeah, we'll just do all of One them. thing you need to be read. You need to have. You need to be a ginger. You gotta have red hair if you're gonna be rad. <laughs> That's not a choice uh, most people can make. Ah, oh, no, it's true. Okay, um, you don't have to answer those other ones. I can tell you the last. Paxton made me feel embarrassed that I even asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last person that I followed, I, I just checked. Um, it was. It's a local solar installation company who's actually installing so, installing solar on my house right now. 
And the reason why is because uh, tomorrow, so the ninth um, is potentially the last day that you can grandfather yourself into the, uh, if you're on Rocky Mountain Power, into the, the old um, the old costs of uh, of paying for power while you have solar. So they're about to raise rates. Yeah, it's going to get a lot worse, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to get nasty. So I'm getting grandfathered in. I have okay. a hypothetical question for you. And this yeah. might be a little bit more entrepreneurial, but let's say, hypothetically, you get an email tomorrow from LinkedIn saying, it's been real, but we're shutting down. Are and you going to boomerang it to get it back to you? <laughs> are you going to snooze it? Are you going to open it? No. But like, what, would you adapt or would you say, no, I have, like, what would you do next in that scenario of, crap, I've just lost LinkedIn in the blink of an eye. How do you adapt? So that this is as if they're saying we're shutting down our ads platform. Like you are, we'll just say the whole network's no going down. No more LinkedIn. LinkedIn's going down. They're going Vine style. Just they're done. Uh, you know, two ways I could go. Um, probably he's going to go beg for his job at Domo. <laughs> Please, there is the job route. Yeah, I'm not going to be a, go be a cog. That's awful. Um, sorry, sorry. To <laughs> I'm a cog. So, a job. I... Um, <laughs> so two routes. I think I would go. Just um, a couple of cogs. <laughs> I'd probably look at either going the paid social route, so starting an agency that, that would specialize then in Twitter and Facebook ads. Um, I feel like Facebook ads has way too much competition. Like there are too many people. It's a good platform, and there are too many people who are good at it. So I would have a hard time standing out. But maybe taking it from the whole B2B paid social perspective, I think I could start a strong agency there. And then the other side is, is just like business channel consulting. Um, LinkedIn is not – good for a lot of companies. And so a lot of the people who contact me saying, hey, we're interested in advertising on LinkedIn, I end up telling them, hey, probably not a good for you. Here's what I'd consider. And so a lot of times I just teach people like their general marketing channels, what's a good channel and what's not. So that's that's another. So you would be a a consultant, a digital marketing consultant, a life coach, a (laughs) a guru. So you'd be the next Gary V. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, no. Do, Do you have plans to expand right now? Uh. You know, I don't. Um, wait, wait. What do you mean by expand? Expand his business by growth, like more employees, or expand in the number or the number of services that... he offers? Okay. Um, we are very, very efficient right now at running LinkedIn ads. So we could probably run without scaling up in terms of employees. Uh, we could probably run 40, 45 accounts without too much pain. Um, and, and we're half that right now. So um, we'd be pretty well able to, to scale. Uh, but I feel like right now the the place where I provide the most value is LinkedIn ads. Cause like I said, competition's way too high on Facebook. No one cares about Twitter. Uh, someone should care about Twitter. That's awesome. But, um, but, but, no one but is right now. so, so there's, there's a difference between getting new clients who are solely Facebook and the ability to upsell your current clients true. to platforms and charge them more and make more money. Yeah, that's is that, true. Is is that does that fall under what you're kind of asking, Paxton? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. So um, you, you would not consider upselling a client to other platforms that you are efficient at? Uh, not currently. Okay. No, I, I like uh, I like my current workload. I, I like the revenue that comes from it. Um, so I'm not hurting for revenue right now. So I'm not going to go out and try to to upsell more. I just want to stick with what I'm really good at. At some point, we might, especially as we bring on more employees. And, and, and you have you have referenced we a few times. Uh, who who's we? Uh, we have a small team of three people. You want to give them a shout out? Uh, they're not going to listen. But what's up, Tim? What's up? What's up, Kristen? What's up, Maddie? Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, they are going to listen. I promise. I will share it with them. We have we've uh, secretly run an ad campaign targeted at just your employees. So that's right. And we learned from the last time you were on the show that you can uh, creepily uh, target down to under ten people. Is that still true? Uh, it's not anymore, unfortunately. No, oh, okay. That has been patched. I have a random question for all of you real quick as we close. If you had to, if you could not have a job, we may have discussed this before, in marketing or advertising, you had to go somewhere else, what would your job be? What career path would you pursue? I'm guessing stripper. Stripper. That's what I was going to guess. Born in Vegas, so it's like in right. your blood. <laughs> blood. He was saying Ginger's for AJ. Are... <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I was talking about AJ. Oh, I was me. saying you. <laughs> you oh, man. All over Weird. <laughs> no one wants to see this spot. <laughs> but, all but, these years. But uh, the that's ginger, what Brandon's been thinking about. Right. <laughs> but the ginger sitting over there, they're in short supply. Ooh, that's a really, really good question. And one I'm actually having a hard time figuring out. Uh, it would probably be something adventurous. I'm going to say like like mountain guide or uh, an outdoorsy type of something. 
So I'll have to think about that. That's cool. I could see you as a, like a, a guide. Yeah, I'd have to have a big beard. <laughs> okay. I guess he doesn't cut awesome. it out there. So, hey, I didn't hear your guys, your answers. Oh, yeah, bring it on. I'm asking mine. all of you. Uh, I would uh, uh, start my own brewery. Mm. Sweet. I'd be in photography. Photography. Excellent. What yeah. about you, Brandon? That's a good question. I asked that in my crap. I don't even know. A casino guru? I would rather do something uh, content creation, but that's too close to marketing. I would just use my marketing skills for it. Uh, but if I didn't do anything digital, I would probably do commercial real estate management, I guess you would say, which I hate real estate. Ugh, We've talked about it before, snoozer. like like open co-working space, something like in startups. Okay, that could be fun. That makes sense. Like, yeah, if not like negotiating an office lease for some. It sounded to me like you were gonna. You're, you're like the the uh, the guy who fixes your sink in an apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> the maintenance. Yeah, guy? That was a horrible yeah. description I gave. But yeah, probably something with like co-working spaces. I think there's a big market there that's going to be growing. So I was just kidding about the brewery. Did you guys catch that? Uh, yeah, I, I got it. Okay, I would just follow Brandon around. Like, I'm just going to ride on his coattails for the rest of forever. Not much to ride on, so man. So if he goes into co-working spaces, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the show. We're out of time, unfortunately, because we could have gone, kept going um, for a lot longer with you, AJ. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Oh, thanks for the invite. This is so much fun. Yeah, and thanks, man. We'll look forward to seeing you in the fourth season as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a new topic. Is your first your repeat businesses. guest? Uh, is it? Uh, I think he might be. Yes. Well, we might just be dissing someone right now who was a repeat guest. He's the most memorable. We've called people guest. multiple times, but not in studio. I don't think. Yeah, Brigham, yeah. Brigham Dallas will be on the show. He'll, he'll be a he'll repeat. Be the second repeat. Yeah. Well, awesome. The first. Congrats, man. Yeah. You get a trophy. You're in the two-time club. All right. So we're going to close out the show. Uh, next week is December fifteenth, or I don't know what the day is on that we're going to air. Uh, we're going to have Anthony Ambriz on the show. He is an uh, expert at YouTube. YouTube extraordinaire. Did he found YouTube Nation? Yep. Yep. So founder That's of YouTube Nation. He's a YouTuber. Second largest YouTube community in the world, supposedly. <laughs> According to whom? According to YouTuber Nation. Oh, okay. I'm assuming they're pulling that stat from somewhere. So we'll follow up on that. Yeah, one. we'll ask him about that next week. Uh, if you liked this episode and you see value in this show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. If you want to be like Jason White, you can reach out to us on Twitter uh, at BelowTheFoldIO. You can submit topic ideas, questions you'd like us to ask our guests, uh, and anything else you'd like to say or mention or ask. Uh, and that's it. Until ne- Until next week, we'll see you below the fold. Until that, until that, until that. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>